Hi, everybody. This is Mel. This is Jill. And this is Mel and Jill Geek Out. In case you were wondering, yes, we sing the theme song in our heads every time we do the intro because editing Melissa adds in the music. So we just pretend to hear it inside our own heads. I, I, it's very fun. I still haven't completely like memorized it because we're still pretty early on into this podcast at the moment. Mm-hmm. Yes. So it's like I get about halfway there. So I just I, I like it. It's fun. I do as well. Uh, I, I have a great, great question for you today. Uh, what would be your walk-up song if you were a professional baseball player? I think you know exactly at least the artist I'm going to say. Do you want yeah, to guess? But I don't, yeah, it's going to be a Taylor Swift song, but there's debate in my head of which Taylor Swift song it's going to be. Okay, what's the debate? Um, I think that Bad Blood is a really good option. Okay. Uh, I think Cruel Summer is also a fun option. Ooh, why'd you pick that one? I'm just curious. I just think it's like really catchy and has a good beat and like, you know, it, it, it gets you in the mood to like yeah. have some energy. Because that's the whole point of a walk-up song is it's yeah. like, okay, this is, I'm getting in my zone. I'm getting my energy going. I don't know, but I feel like you'll pick something from Midnight's because it's the new album and that's like probably what you're listening to the most. Yeah, I pick something from Midnight's. <laughs> but listen, I love her stuff, like all of it. And but I definitely have some like favorite eras. Um yes. 1989 was one that I really liked. Lover mm-hmm. is like was my favorite until Midnight's came out. Um, reputation was always really good too. Um, yeah. Ooh, what if you did like, don't blame me? Hmm. Am I making you second guess what you picked? No, mm-mm. no, I'm very confident okay. in my choice. You ready? Okay. okay. So yes. Vigilante shit. Like especially uh, the beginning. Oh, it's phenomenal. It's perfect. Yeah. That is a good Good choice. Good choice. Yes. I would have to say I'm kind of torn between two. You tell me. Okay. So one is like specifically the chorus of Sugar We're Going Down Swinging by Fall Out Boy. Okay. Or Fancy by Iggy Azalea. That beat is fancy. Bomb. I love fancy. Bomb. For sure. <laughs> Oh, yeah. 100%. I like that one way better. Yeah. Yeah. I I think both of those are really good options. Uh, Yeah. I just love... There's just so many songs that I feel like kind of get the hype going. Because, like, I think it's easy to pick, like, I don't know, like... I don't know. Like, Don't Stop Believing or, like, Bohem... Like, those are easy songs to, like, feel the hype around or, like... I've got a queen one that like it's pop like it's well known, but it's not like one. I well, I don't think it's that level of song. What fat bottom girls? 
Yeah, I do love a good fat I, bottom girl moment. That is my favorite Queen song of all time. It is really good. I love it. Love it. It is a really good song. I'm not going to lie to you. Okay, do we want to jump in? Because, yes. like, this is not going to be, like, there's a lot to talk about. I know. But I don't know if this is going to be our longest episode. We do tend to, to jibber-jabber for quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, so we are going to be talking about the very first part of A Court of Wings and Ruin, or colloquially known as Akawar. Uh, so if you have not read this book yet, this is your spoiler warning. Save this episode. Come back after you've read at least the first part uh, and take a listen then. But getting started. So this book opens a little bit differently than the other ones. We get this flashback scene from Reese's perspective, back to the war that was 500 years ago. And it is him walking through the battlefield after the the fighting has died down. And he is walking through the bodies Mm -hmm. of the elves and the Illyrians. And he is searching and hoping to not find Cassian and Azrael amongst the dead because they are not in the same unit. So he does not know. So he, this is his, he could, he can either search this battlefield for them or he could wait to see their names on the death scrolls in a couple of weeks. What are your thoughts on us getting started there? Like, what are your thoughts on SJM using that scene as the opening preface to this book? Um, I took it as just kind of like a explanation of why Reese and Cassian and Azrael are so close or how mm-hmm. they were so close. Like, pieces of what they've been through, you know? Yeah, I can see that. I think she wanted to prepare us for the level of anxiety inducing events Mm -hmm. were about to occur because you feel Reese's anxiety every time he comes up to wings that he thinks might be Asriel or Cassian, Mm -hmm. you know, you feel him have that like hitch in his breath as he like walks up to the body. He's like, Oh no, that's not, that's Mm -hmm. not him. Uh, And I think it was a way for her to like prep the reader that you are going to have a lot of these moments where you're going to walk right up to something and think it's going to be one thing. And then you're going to get this moment of relief because we do get that quite a few times in this particular book where you think something horrific has happened and then it kind of works itself out. Yeah. I think I sent you messages more than once. It's like, Oh, something bad's happening. (laughs) Yeah, I will openly admit to um, maybe a little bit uh, giving you information that was technically true. 
I'm waiting for the butt. <laughs> but it, I didn't give you all of the information, so it didn't quite work out the way that because you were like begging me begging me to tell you if somebody from the inner circle died. And I was like, people are going to die in this book. They are. Mm-hmm. And you were like, tell me, tell me if I have to worry about anybody in their circle. And I was like, okay, well, I'm going to give you this little carrot to see what happens. And I told you that two people from the inner circle did in fact die in this book. And you were like, so upset with me. <laughs> I told you that. I, so I was like, and like a prominent, like secondary character is going to die. Yeah. I felt a little bamboozled there when it came across. Cause that wasn't the level of main character that I was envisioning. The secondary character? Yeah, no, I did not. That wasn't in my realm of possibilities, so. Yeah. Well. Listen, she sounds real nice, but then she does that shit. (laughs) I'm joking. I'm joking. She's fine. If I don't allow, like, I don't want to ever be the person who spoils it, and I want you to maintain, like, that edge on your, like sitting on the edge of your seat, anticipating what's going to happen on the next page. Oh, yeah, Excitement of anyway. reading the book. Listen, you can tell me, like you can answer me and I will still read it and I will still be just as excited. I I don't know. I just, I, I really want you to get that like full experience of going in blind. I To be fair, I have absolutely done that. But I will be very honest. I'm one of those people, like, especially if I'm not particularly interested in, like, a movie or a TV show, I'm going to whip my phone out and I'm going to, like, I'm going to figure, I'm going to read the wiki and then kind of, if, if it's interesting, I'll go down the rabbit hole. Yes, I agree with you. If it is something that I am not particularly like, I don't care if I get spoiled on it because I'm probably not going to consume it anyway. And if I do, I don't really care. Um, I will just go find out. Um, But when it's something like this, where I know you are pretty invested at this point, this is the third book in the series. You are pretty bought into this story at this point. Like, I really wanted you to get to experience it as purely as you could (laughs) so i was like i I was like literally like saving tiktoks to be able to send you at once you finished this book because like there's just things that i just didn't want to get spoiled for you i get that i do enjoy it but like here to be fair like this is the thing i've kind of made my peace with spoilers a little bit because it is so fucking hard to to yeah. not come across him if if the content has been out there for a while and this has been out for a while so it's really hard because I did that the other day I accidentally spoiled a character's death in a different series but I was so annoyed because it was just like a very brief thing and I was like shoot I've spoiled winners of races like God and it's so frustrating so like I either have to completely stay off my phone. Or just have to accept at some point I'm going to know what happens. 
Fair, fair. Uh, and this book was released in 2017, so like obviously completely avoiding spoilers is challenging. I'm really hoping that when like Crescent City 3 comes out, that everyone on the internet is pretty respectful of spoiler alerting everything. I think people did a pretty good job on Fourth Wing um, earlier this year of like very early on being like, spoiler alert, spoiler alert, spoiler alert. So I was able to avoid pretty much all spoilers for that. I was as well, actually. I mean, initially... I was on Book Talk, but to be fair, I didn't actually read any of it. I really yeah. liked the the in content creators. Uh, I want to use the right term. Um, I really enjoyed the content creators that had reaction videos. I can mm-hmm. I cannot remember the name of this one woman, and I'll try to find it and put it in the show notes. But her faces were just hilarious, and she seemed like such a sweet woman, and I just really enjoyed it. So I ended up on Book Talk. And there was always like, there was a ton of stuff about Fourth Wing, but I never really paid attention to it. Um, same thing with Akatar. Again, like I, I vaguely knew what it was. I knew it was a book series and I didn't realize they were connected. And, and yeah, but I think maybe, I don't know if you've had this experience. I was having a conversation with somebody last night and I was explaining like what we're doing. We're recording a podcast and how we'd recorded Fourth Wing. And he was like, well, what's that? He had never heard of it, which I was so surprised. And I was like, really? It's like, it's all over the news. It's all over social media, mostly on TikTok, though. Mm -hmm. At least from what I've seen. I was like trying to find funny memes to put in the posts. Y'all, it's it's all, it's nothing is on Instagram. It's all on TikTok. Yeah, I've also experienced that. Like, I was at work and I was telling them about the podcast and they're like, oh, like, tell us about some of the episodes. I was like, well, we did, you know, have this series. We, we did a three-part series, Buddy reading this book, Fourth Wing. And they're like, oh, what's that? And I was like, oh, well, it's this, you know, I gave, gave like a very high-level explanation of what the book was, but none of them had heard of it. But to be fair, like, unless you were on that specific side of book talk, you may not. And if you, unless you're into fantasy, that may not be your cup of tea. That's fair. I forget that sometimes you end up in an echo chamber and like, you're just reflecting back things that you're interested in. So maybe it's not as big as I think it is, but it is on the (laughs) bestseller list. So it is. And I think a lot of that is thanks to... Book Talk. Book Talk did a really great job of marketing that book on behalf of Rebecca Yaros because so many people were so excited by the concept of it that they just could not like help themselves. They also they they had to get it. Yes. And one thing that I've also noticed, which I think is really cool, um Mm -hmm. there's they've been doing like a lot of officially licensed merch. But with smaller people, it's not this like massive company. It's like a bunch of little, little, I don't want to say like little shops, but independent. That's the better word. Independent people. And they're, it's so fucking cute. Same thing with the Avatar Mm -hmm. stuff too. Like, I love it. I love it. This is way better than what those big commercial companies put out there. 
Yeah, in comparison to like the officially licensed merch from like Harry Potter, I feel like it is so like it's much it's a lot more original. It's a little bit more adult yes. as well. Even though like Fourth Wing and Akatar could would technically be classified as like new adults mm-hmm. so because of the age of the characters. For the most part. <laughs> These smaller shops, independent uh like merch people are creating really interesting pieces. I really love anything that's like the surreal tea company personally. <laughs> Please send me that if you come across it because I haven't seen that. That's awesome. Oh my god, yeah. I spend too much time like shopping on Etsy. I very rarely buy anything on Etsy, but there's also a candle maker on Etsy who has one called Tamlin's Tears. Oh, that's funny. I like that. <laughs> there's funny. a lot of really fun stuff. Um, and as you read more of the SJM books, there are some fun um, components yeah. it, uh, for all of the series on Etsy. Yeah. So I'm a, I love shopping on Etsy. I very rarely buy. I'm a terrible lurker in that manner. However, that was a little bit of a digression. So we should yeah. maybe get Sorry. back to, to Sorry, what guys. we're doing. <laughs> okay. It's what we're good at. So that so, was, that was the opening one scene. Is called Princess of Carrion. I don't know what that was supposed to mean. I don't really care. Um, <laughs> to be fair, yeah. Um, so we pick up kind of very quickly after the end of Akabath with Feyre back in the Spring Court with Lucian and Tamlin, and she's sort of playing pretend. She's lying. She is. She has infiltrated the spring court, and so she uh, is having to do some things that are a little sketch sketch, like she is uh, having to sleep with her door locked because she doesn't want Tamlin coming in. Because uh, as the reader knows, the bond did not actually break at the end of Akamath. It uh, is totally fine, and she's actually using that to relay information back to the night court and the inner circle. So we get this opening scene where uh, Feyre is trying to paint and she gets she's having this internal thought process about the end events of Akamath and she gets so angry and frustrated she actually breaks her paintbrush um, and has to like stow it away when Lucian and Tamlin come in. I didn't understand why that was like, okay. I get why it broke. Like, I understand why it broke. I don't understand why she had to hide it. Like, just lie. Just say, like, oh, I dropped it or I tripped and it fell. Like, that's not why Why do you have to hide it. Oh, or it's a paintbrush and, like, it's as yeah, easy to break as a pencil. Exactly. It's not, it's not like it's made out of fucking steel. No, it's a wooden paintbrush. This is not a big deal. Yeah, so I don't understand why they, um, like, made a point. Of that? I don't know. It's okay. It's little. It's I don't tiny. Know. It's tiny. I think it's because she is supposed to be faking that everything is hunky dory wonderful when mm. it definitely is not no. hunky dory wonderful. Um, so Tamlin and Lucian and Feyre have an upcoming meeting with Ianthe, and she is coming in early to some other representatives from Highburn to kind of prep for their arrival. Um, I still hate Ianthe. 
she's awful. Yeah. Uh, I can't stand her. And yeah, I was, I was like, she's a horrible character. I don't like her. The bitch is back. That's like in not in a nice way. I mean that in a not bad in a way. Nice way. Yes. Like the worst person of the group project is back and they're trying to take <laughs> over the group project. <laughs> that <laughs> I that was I, I don't that's <laughs> it's accurate. It's just not where my brain would have went. I don't like, yeah, but st- that's not where the brain immediately went. Our brains work differently. At least mine made you laugh. It did. Score points for Mel. Uh, so, favorite and Lucian kind of have a sidebar conversation of kind of like, are you. Are you going to be able to hold your shit together during this conversation? Because the big elephant in the room is that Ianthe very specifically, unbeknownst to Tamlin or to Lucian, kidnapped Nesta and Elaine to then hand them over to Highburn, to the King of Highburn, to then use them as experiments to see if the the mortal queens could be become immortal by going into the cauldron. She's got some balls, man. Like walking back in there after that. She does. She's got uh, some very large cojones that I would uh, I would just never go back. No. I, I would just avoid this conversation forever because yeah. I knew like favorite and Tamlin or Failure and Lucian, excuse me, have every valid reason under the sun to hate her and like yeah. straight up want to kill her. Like the High Lords and the High Fae have a pretty violent code of ethics. She, They have every right to want to kill her because now this is Lucian's mate mm-hmm. that he did not know. Because, like, this is the first time he had ever laid eyes on Elaine. And these are Feyre's biological sisters. Like, she fucked with some serious, deep-seated stuff. Yeah. And... Listen... Yeah, I don't know about I don't know about you, but as a because you're you're a little sister, right? I am. Okay, I'm a mm-hmm. bigger sister, and like while my sister and I fought like cats and dogs, and like even at one point in early adulthood, didn't speak to each other for a couple of years. Like, Lord help you if you messed with my sister. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I she had a boyfriend in high school who. Uh, was a complete tool to her and I didn't like him and he was like three times bigger than me and I would body check him in the hallway when I saw him like into the locker and then he would call the house I would hang up the phone on him but like I to me I was like you don't mess with my sister like I am the only one who was allowed to do that so mm-hmm. yeah yeah very much the same for me. I might be the younger sister, but the only person who's allowed to fuck with my siblings is me. Maybe it's a sibling thing and not like a older sibling thing. Yeah, I think it's just siblings have like this uh, unspoken rule of 
there's a little bit of protectiveness there. So yeah. uh, Favor and Lucian kind of side-eye each other and uh, look at each other and uh, are like, um, are you going to be good? Sorry, John is in here and he's trying to get the cat out and the dog is also being loud. Anyway, so yeah, Feyre and Lucian have this like side eye, sidebar conversation of like, are you going to keep your cool? I don't know. Are you going to keep your cool? Because <laughs> they both very, very much have a reason to be pissed as fuck. And yeah. arguably the most powerful person in the room, magic wise, is Feyre. Yeah. But they don't know that. They, at this point, pretty much know that she has some amount of... She has come to take ownership of some amount of her powers. No, I... Yeah, I know that they know she has powers. I don't think they under... Like, we as the audience know how powerful she is. They don't know how powerful she is. Correct. But they know she has powers, so, yeah. Uh... So we get into this room and it is, uh, it is tense. Like it is a tense conversation. And Ianthe's entire explanation is just like, well, I thought that this was something you wanted, but like just would never say because you, you know, you were, you would be so sad to watch your siblings grow old and die when you live this like essentially eternal life. And I'm like, bitch, no, no, no. <laughs> your only interaction with favorite was when she was like deeply, deeply depressed and had like very severe PTSD from being under the mountain. Yeah. So, like, you're not even really getting a proper read on Feyre to begin with. And if I'm remembering correctly, Feyre just has, like, one conversation about, should, can I ever see my sisters and my father again? And Tamlin kind of shuts it down, and that is the end of it. Yeah, it's the whole, like, sorry, not sorry thing. Like, yeah. it's the non-apology. It's, it is... I hate it's her. total bullshit. And Feyre and Lucian kind of like give each other some bombastic side eyes yeah. across the table yeah. and are like, I ain't buying this shit. That is not the real reason Ianthe did what she no. did. She, I, this is not 100% confirmed. This is just me having my theory that Ianthe did this in order to specifically inflict pain upon Feyre. And it kind of blew up in her face because, yeah, she, she Ianthe thought she was going to get two more people that she could use to manipulate Feyre because she thought she was going to be able to have Tamlin under her grasps to be able to ultimately like manipulate Feyre, and then that didn't work out. So Tamlin is also in this conversation. Oh, do you want to go back to my my theory? I I don't disagree. It just never occurred to me. Mm-hmm. So maybe. Yeah. She's evil uh, so enough Tamla- for that. Oh, fuck Ianthe in every way, shape, and form. She's almost like the umbrage of the, of the series. That is what 
I said, and then you walk it back. And you're yeah. like, no, I don't think she's that bad. No, she fucking is. Yeah. I fucking hate Ianthe. I fucking hate her the same kind of way that I hate Umbridge. I, I would say my hate for Umbridge is a little bit more intense, but I, yeah, she's she's a newber bitch. So Tamlin, like I said, Tamlin is also in on this conversation and he could like give two shits about the very necessary emotional confrontation that needs to happen with Ianthe really needs to get held accountable for what she did. And he kind of like sweeps it under the rug and he's no, go ahead. He's no, go ahead. No, I was just making a face because I was listening. <laughs> and then you thought I was going to say something, so you stopped, and then it was awkward. So. Anyways. And he is much more concerned with talking through the details of the people who are coming from Hybern and what Hybern really wants from this spring court. That's which, like, to a certain extent I understand but then at the same time like Feyre is supposed to be the love of your life and Lucian's supposed to be your best friend and Ianthe kidnapped her sisters one of them turns out to be your best friend's mate yeah but like and you, you're gonna do nothing but you're it, gonna do nothing it's not about Tamlin so he doesn't care he's self-centered he doesn't give a shit about anybody he thinks he loves yeah. Feyre and I guess in his like super sick twisted way he does but I just, yeah. Yeah, so Feyre has a lot of concern about Highburn being allowed into the spring court, and she thinks that the constituents of the spring court, the people who just, like, live there, are going to be in danger, because she doesn't trust Highburn for incredibly valid reasons. Rightfully so. Rightfully so. Gratefully so. So she does. So Tamlin does take her advice a little bit here and does relocate a lot of the people to his eastern border, which is going to push them further away from where Hybern is going to primarily be. But like he could also have just not made a deal with Hybern to bring them into the spring court in the first place. Yeah, but Tamlin doesn't care. Because Tamlin wants to get what he wants. Has to have it his way. Completely fair. So this is where we learn that Highburn is in fact sending a small group of emissaries, essentially, including Jurian, to the spring court in advance of himself coming. And they are here going to be looking for something very specific. So Feyre, after this meeting, sends all of this information through the bond. She is very much trying to keep all of this information and the fact that the bond is under wraps. So she is using it very minimally, but you can see that there's like a little bit of difficulty. Like it takes a second. It's like slower internet access Yeah, between the two of them because they're literally speaking through their minds from the greatest distance possible and still being in Prithian. Mm -hmm. It's pretty far. It's a delay. Uh, But also they have to keep this conversation to the minimum because they're fae. So she's engaging in the mating bond too much, like talking through it. They will literally be able to smell it on her. So they're trying to keep it under wraps. 
Uh, and then like a, like a week or so later, Jurian, Princess Brenha, and Prince Dagden show up. I am going to now perpetually call the prince and sprint print they are twins so i'm gonna call them the creepy twins uh, yeah. from here on out because a i don't want to try to pronounce their names because i'm just gonna fuck it up and two they're creepy af they are I, I yes they they very much are they yeah all i could when i was reading about them all i could picture in my head was I think it's Dakota Fanning, Dakota Fanning and whoever the other dude was. They were the creepy twins in the Twilight movies. That's all I could picture when these two were there, like just clear as day for Dakota Fanning's face. I think they're even yuckier than that, uh, to yeah, be very but honest. Like, that's where my brain went. So they all sit down. I think this time it's at least dinner instead of lunch. You in <laughs> this obsession <laughs> with the food time. I don't understand it. <laughs> it just annoys me. No one, no one is this excited about lunch. I'm sorry. Like, eat your ham sandwich at your desk. I don't really care. So they all sit down to some meal i'm gonna say dinner it could very well be lunch and i might be missing an opportunity to poke fun at the spring courts love of lunch um but they talk about how they're there to create like an exploration party um to go examine the wall and the existing tears in the wall to see if maybe the cauldron can quote learn from them to then eventually bring the wall down. I think I personally kind of struggled with the cauldron being mildly sentient during this process. I they kept describing Nesta as like taking something from the cauldron, which gave me that same sense. I don't understand it, but that is the like feeling I get from the description and then the way they refer to it and how they interact with it. Yeah. This is not the first time I've had a fantasy book have a sentient inanimate object, but it is a little bit that one could at least talk into your mind. So this one's a little bit different for me. Um, we also get this great little fun fact that the creepy they've prepared separate rooms for the creepy creepy twins, but they want to sleep in the same room. And all my brain is thinking is that is gross. Yeah. I can't even be It feels very yeah. incestuous. Because it, it is. Because it is. It is incestuous. It's so gross. Like, <laughs> it's not a little gross. It's a lot gross. This, this is just Jamie and Cersei Lannister, but like mm -hmm. toned down a smidge. Nowhere near as good. Mm, yeah. Not good uh, entertaining, uh, I guess. So... During this meal, Feyre being a Damari can feel the creepy twins trying to poke into everyone's minds. So she uses her powers to, to shield everyone and protect them from them. I don't know how she did not think about the fact later down the line in the same section that the creepy twins would realize that she is the one doing this. Yeah. <sighs> Uh, but yeah sometimes it's favor is good in the fight and not much else yes. yeah i know yeah 
that we're just going to kick. I'm going to make a t-shirt someday that says Feyre is good in a fight. And then in small print and not much else. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) So Feyre and Lucian end up getting into this exploration party, mainly because Feyre can win out. That is kind of her like entry point is because she has the ability to win out and that will help them during the exploration. Lucian, because he knows a lot of these points because he was part of the people who were sending the wolves through the wall during the whole curse portion. Editor Melissa, did you, you jumped past the Farah fucks with everything bullet point. You went down to Farah and Oh, Sorry. <laughs> My bad. It's okay. My bad. Okay, so after this meal and after her, like, putting up these shields, uh, Favorite proceeds to just kind of, like, fuck with the spring court from the inside. She's just a little mole in the spring court. She's a puppet master. Pulling strings and whispering in people's ears. Bearing little landmines for people to walk over. She's just in here causing problems. So, like, they have to go to, like, I don't remember. There's a lot of BS, like, solstice, equinox, nonsense. I don't really care. Uh, And, like, there's this one that has to happen at, like, dawn and, like, Ianthe being the whatever their priestess crap is, is like supposed to be officiating this. And she's, you know, she intentionally goes out and like positions herself so that like at this exact moment during the, the like during the ceremony, during the, the service, the sun will rise and make Ianthe glow. And then Feyre <laughs> moves her little spot over. So Ianthe stands in the wrong spot. <laughs> And Ianthe, or favorite instead stands there and she's dressed all in white. So she looks like she's like glowing and she's the curse breaker and all of these things. And Lucian plays his part to a tea where he like kneels. He did so good. He did. If you look up like pages from the Akatar coloring book, this that specific scene is a coloring page. And yes, it is amazing. Uh, so she just keeps doing all of this stuff. Like she's sowing distrust between the guards and Tamlin. She like chicken away at everybody's credibility. There's, yeah, there's this whole like moment with Ianthe and like a stable hand. And she like makes it appear that like Tamlin wasn't going to like back his men. He was going to back Ianthe, even though Ianthe is like totally fucking wrong. And she just is out here causing problems. Yep. She is just stirring the pot, stirring the pot so much. Um, but she's also like trying to communicate with with Reese, and it's it's getting a little bit harder. And she's feeling a little bit more tired with the exertion of her power. She's like, man, like I'm working my tush off here. Like I'm feeling it. Um, I think I told you I thought she was pregnant. <laughs> Even though Reese is taking the 
birth like male birth control i don't know i thought maybe she was just like super fertile she seems to be weird in every other department well i mean they have a difficult time getting prego no i forgot about that that's right yeah i wasn't super concerned about her being prego i think you just flat out told me no she's not i think you were just like i'm not even gonna entertain this one it's just no (laughs) this is because i do not love accidental pregnancy tropes and i was and so, like, I would be like, please tell me there's no accidental pregnancy trope in this book. Yeah. And so I did you that courtesy because I don't know how you feel about that trope, but it is not my, my not my vibe. I don't think I've ever actually read much. So I don't I don't it doesn't sound like something I like. So, you know, I can recommend two free audiobooks to you that have it. One is like real stupid and one's like, all right, that fucking happened. We're going to make the best out of this situation. <laughs> And it's not, it's not terrible. Like kind of a, this is fucking stupid way it gets handled and a, all right, this, this is mildly plausible. I'll give it a shot. Uh, and so then, uh, Lucian and Feyre go with Jurian and the creepy twins on their exploration of the wall. So there are like three points that they are going to go to. Um, and that we learn very specifically, and I really want to point this out because it, it will tie into a theory I'm going to bring up, I think in part two, that the holes in the wall were cleaved. So they're not like degradations of the wall. That's not like natural wear and tear. There's somebody like with a knife cutting a hole in the wall. And I think it's very important to know that. Okay. I'll, I'll try to keep that. Remember. Listen, I'm still trying to like picture, picture this wall in my head because I'm still stuck on a big giant black like wall. You visualize it however you want. I definitely thought it was invisible. I'm just saying like, well, then how would you find the holes, Melissa? Luck. That's the whole point is that it's supposed to be difficult to find the holes. Because, like, if you remember, like, they ha- like they go to, like, kind of where... Like, that's why Lucian is there. Because Lucian knows where the holes are. Because, like, yeah, what... Not- no offense to Lucian. I love Lucian. What the fuck else does he bring to these exploration parties? Yeah, but that's not... At some point, some... Because he... How did he find it? That's the thing. Somebody had to have, like, looked hard enough to have found it or have been there when it was created. Those are the two options. Editing Melissa's going to take this out. This is why I think Lucian, as the heir of the day court, which he may or may not even know, is cleaving these, these holes. And that's why he knows, because he has the ability as... One of his like, why is he powers, why is he cleaving the holes? Because of the whole prophecy, or like the, to break the curse. Because they have to be able to send people oh. past the wall in order for a human girl to kill them, in order to set up the scenario, in order for Tamlin to break the curse. And it all just kind of was like distantly related to Highburn and then it just fucking snowballed. Is he doing it on purpose is or do you think he's actually you think he's doing it on purpose? No. I think he's doing it on purpose because he breaks his magical bonds in at the end of Akamath mm-hmm. when 
to, to in order to try to get to Elaine. I think he's the one who's causing all these holes. And then we find out later in this book that he's Helion's son, one and only heir. Okay, so here's 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 what we're gonna have to do because. <laughs> I've already said it, and it was a good conversation, yeah. so I can't. We can't roll it back now. No, I'm gonna leave it up till this sidebar. Right. I'm gonna cut out our sidebar. I'm gonna leave you. This. These are the only two ways that this will work. Right, but that's my point. So I got to figure out now. What am I gonna say? I got this. I got you. I have a theory on which one of those two things I think is true, but we're going to not be able to really talk about that until we get into part two, because there's pieces of information that we know, but like, I don't want to spoil part two for the people who've only read part one. So we will get into that in more detail of what my theory is about the cleaving in the walls in part two. To add on to that real quick, audience members, like... If you didn't pick up on this theory, it's not you weren't the only one because <laughs> she's we paused the conversation and she told me because I was about to step in it because I walked all so close into it. So. <laughs> so, yeah, if you didn't get it, to, it's not just you. <laughs> I have to think John. So I mean, John has read through Akawar. He's somewhere in Frost and Starlight. I don't know where I haven't asked him about it in a hot minute. We've been busy. Um, and he is the one who actually noticed this first. And I then extrapolated. He was like, this is weird. He like called something out in freaking Akatar, like way back in Akatar. Really? Yes. Yes. And I was like, wait. And then it like domino effect in my brain. And I came up with my little theory. Huh? Yes, we will get back to yeah, this. Yeah, so we're coming back. In part okay. two. Um, <clears throat> so, Lucian is acting a little bit cagey around this information. He's like, they're like, and how did you find it? And he's like, mm, I kind of just came across it. And then we'll like walk away. <laughs> he's being a little funky about this. Um, and so, during one of these, I think it's the second one. So, they go to the first one, they're like, eh, this one's no good. So, they go to another one and they run across two people from the Children of the Blessed. Now, we, rem- we have to go all the way back to Akatar to remember these two, this super genius group of people who want to worship the Fae. And Feyre and Lucian and Jorian are like, yeah, you just need to go home. There ain't shit for you here. Like, the whole thing that you're believing is a bunch of BS, and you need to go take your asses back home. Because they're young. It's like a young man and a young girl. Mm -hmm. Like, young girl meaning, like, she's, like, 17 or 18. Not that, like, she's a literal child. Anyways, uh, they wake up the next day, and the creepy twins have killed them. Yeah. In, like, a very brutal way. So, like, I'm continuing to have zero desire to hang out with the creepy twins. And all I was thinking at this point was, I don't want to deal with these. Because I knew there was the the novella Frost and Starlight and Silver Flame. I was like, how long are these two motherfuckers going to be around? (laughs) I kind of, if I'm being honest, I kind of expected them to die. I don't know why. I didn't think that they were going to be around permanently. I didn't think they were going to be around permanently either, but I was like, I have a feeling these two might stick around for an annoyingly long amount of time and I don't want it. Yeah. 
I I don't want it. Yeah. I don't want it. So uh we learned a little bit more information about Jurian though, which I was kind of excited about. So like at the end of Akamath, we fully believe that Jurian is just hundred percent. Well, insane because he spent an astronomical amount of years as an eyeball. I was going to say, that is enough. I mean, a, a day. I would be traumatized. Yeah, I can't even. Oh, my God. I would be traumatized. Jurian is uh, mentally stronger than I am because not only is he not cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs, he's a secret agent as well. He is not bought into the hybrid lore. He's like, nope, I'm just here because... Amarantha had me as an eyeball and he turned me back in, but I'm actively working to try to work against the King of Hybern. So he says. Um, this is, I understand the hesitation of believing him. I was like, this could potentially be a good situation if he's telling the truth. If he's not telling the truth, that is terrible. At this point in the book, I remember thinking, it could go either way. He could be telling the truth. Mm-hmm. But I was leaning more towards he was full of shit because being an eyeball worn on the ring by a psychopath does things to you. So I don't <laughs> think you're really thinking very coherently once you get out. So I was like, ah, maybe. Maybe he's not nuts. But if he is nuts... It's probably not good. Very fair. I, and I put this in the notes too, that like my guess was that he was closer to like a chaotic neutral than anything else where he was just going to serve his own needs and kind of be damned anyone else. Whoever was going to service his purpose, like cert, like help him achieve his own desires mm-hmm. is who he was going to align with and at that moment in time Highburn was not helping him achieve whatever his own goals were in the situation hence why he was petitioning Lucian and Feyre to be able to like switch sides to them that was my thought process I, no that makes total sense too it makes total sense too um so we get to the last excursion and this is the one where like they get to the cleaved section, like the little hole in the wall. And they're like, yes, this is the one. It's the best. The cauldron will learn so much from this. And I'm like, sweet. Uh, Lucian and Jurian and Ianthe are all there too. They all kind of go off, but Farrah is there and eating an apple. I don't know why she's just sitting there eating an apple. And I'm like, you weirdo. Um, And she, uh, then the creepy twins come back to her and she's like taunting them. And they're having kind of this like passive aggressive conversation. And the creepy twins just come right out and say that they've been lacing all of their food with Feibay. I didn't see that coming. I was totally blindsided by that one. I didn't, I couldn't have guessed Faye Bane because I didn't know, but I knew something was up because we're going to backtrack a little bit here because this isn't in the notes, but I feel like it's like important to talk about. So like there's this moment between 
I think it's between like the first or the second excursion where Feyre and Tamlin are having this conversation and he blows up and she intentionally does not put up a shield when he like flings out his power and he like forcibly shoves her into the door of his office. And then he like immediately feels really bad, but like, it doesn't matter. He still did it. And she goes up and she like takes a bath after it. Like she like she like crawls because part of her like fucking with it is she is making Tamlin jealous of her relationship with Lucian, even though nothing is going on. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. <laughs> so she like has Lucian take her back to her room and she uh, is in the bath and she talks down the bond and she feels like it's weaker and she notices that it's taking her longer to heal than she really anticipated. Um, and then we also get this scene where Feyre fakes having a nightmare and Lucian's in the room across the hall from her and she like in the middle of the night like runs over to Lucian and has her like him like hold her. <laughs> Well, because I think at one point she used the fact that he exploded on her as like, oh, I'm scared of you now and Lucian's going to be the one to protect me type bit. And it worked. Yeah. It worked like a jar. I would have also been afraid of Tamlin at that point because Tamlin does not have a good control of his emotions. Tamlin is uh, just, just Tamlin needs therapy. Yeah. Therapy. Can SJM pretty please put therapy in any of her universes? That would be great. No, because then it wouldn't be interesting. It would be boring. (laughs) Say that to me. There's a certain part in Crescent City that I really need you to send once you get there. Send me a voice note on and you're going to you're I'm pretty sure your voice note is going to mirror what I sent to my friend Lily when I got to this part. It was very funny. I'm wondering if you will have the exact same reaction that I did. Okay. I can't wait. So, yeah. So, all of this has been going on also, like, while she's been, like, fucking with the spring court. Yes. Um, And so, we learn that this whole time, the creepy twins have been sprinkling Feybane, like, bay salt, like, salt bay on all of their food. Including this apple that Feyre just finished eating, and it's pretty much going to knock out her powers at some point. Yeah. And so she's like, oh, fuck. And they have this full plan because they think some, they have like, they also have a theory about Lucian based on like his actions during these excursions. So their plan is to just kill Feyre and kidnap Lucian. Yeah. They were not way, great. They were way ahead. They were ten steps ahead of yeah everyone else. Feyre was way too focused on dismantling mm-hmm. the spring court to notice any of this shit. She is a terrible, terrible spy and should never be put in that position ever again. Well, to be fair, she was. We didn't see it either. So, <laughs> well, but remember, Feyre's. In, in first person narrative, she's an unreliable narrator. And so if, if Feyre is missing something, we as the reader are going to miss something. Not always. See, but this is if, the thing. You and I usually pick up that stuff. So that's what I'm saying, because we're usually good at picking up on those things. 
that when we miss something that like you look back and you're like, oh shit, it was there. The Like so many points. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, man, really I knew it. something had to be up because I yeah. was not attributing like it to be like weakening of the bond or something. I knew something was wrong. Yes. I, I couldn't have, I wouldn't have guessed Fabian considering that was something that was not introduced yet. Yeah, I did. But it, I agree. I knew it was something some, I was like, I know something's wrong. Yes. And she is not picking up that this is all playing into something bigger. Yes. I didn't realize that it was some someone doing something to her. I thought it was like she's sick or like something to do with her powers she's manifesting. You're <laughs> pregnant, right? But I so it didn't have anything to do with anybody else. It was all like I didn't have I didn't know that I didn't have any suspicion. I just knew something was yes. wrong. Yeah. Um, and I didn't have suspicions of like what it was. I was just like, something's wrong and she's not picking up on it. And she's too focused on her vindictive, like storyline here that she's trying to create of like dismantling the spring court and like getting her quote revenge on Tamlin that she is missing something massive. Oh, yeah. Um, so thankfully, like it is going to take a hot second for her powers to like fully turn off. So she winnows to where Lucian is and, uh, Lucian is unfortunately being cornered by Ianthe and we get some information that just makes me hate Ianthe even and like pissed off at Tamlin even more. So I am, so during Cal and Mai previously, like in this year, mm-hmm. uh, Tamlin legit just full on refused to perform the right. Fucked up. Selfish. Super, super fucked well, up. That is his one fucking job as High Lord of the Spring Court. And instead he makes Lucian <laughs> do it. And that pisses me off because I don't want poor Lucian to be put into that yucky, yucky scenario. And then Ianthe forces herself to be chosen. Well, okay. So you're muted. I'm sorry. I did that because I coughed and I was not muted and I feel like an ass. I'm sorry. It's easier to take the cough out. Okay. So, all right. Anyway, um, you asked if it was something about Lucian. I, I am the forcing herself oh. on him during Callan Mai. Yes. Okay. So, to be fair, was it Tamlin's responsibility? Yes. Was it fucked up of him to just outright refuse to do it? Yes. However, he also didn't want to do it. And Ianthe didn't force the situation, like, to get Lucian... Lucian was like the leftover. She was going after Tamlin. No, so she was incorrect. Yeah, she would have been totally fine with Tamlin, but she was also happy to bag Lucian. No, I'm not saying she wasn't happy to. I'm just saying like the original intent was going after Tamlin. And then when he refused to do it, Lucian was the next in line. And she was like, well, it's it's not what I wanted, but I'll take it. Yeah, and 
No, Ianthe didn't force Lucian, but Tamlin forced Lucian to do oh, it. Oh, I okay. I'm sorry. I thought that you were talking about Ianthe. Got it. Yeah, so Ianthe forced herself to be chosen during Callan Mine, mm-hmm. but she didn't force Lucian to be the person. She, Tamlin forced Lucian. And so we learn that while. Like, if we go back to the, to the beginning of Akamath, that whole time that Ianthe was there, not only was she being weird with Tamlin and kind of, like, trying to get with Tamlin, even though he was literally engaged to Feyre, she was also pursuing Lucian. And so Lucian thought that after he was sort of forced to be with her during Kalanmai that she would back off. But... Favor comes upon the two of them, and Ianthe literally has like Tan or Lucian cornered and is trying to like be like, wasn't it fun at Cal and my? Shouldn't we do it again? And he's like, fuck no, leave me alone. I don't want to touch you with a nine and a half foot pole. Yeah. But like, I don't, I guess this is the thing. Ianthe's goal is to just get pregnant by somebody of the correct status. Because I, I can't remember what the details are, but there's something about, like, because she's a priestess, if she marries somebody of, like, equivalent, like, like a high fae or whatever, I, I can't remember what they what it is. Like, their children would be extremely powerful or something like that. I can't de- Powerful politically, not necessarily magically, because Ianthe doesn't really have magic. Of any kind, but she wants to get with someone because it would unify the whatever religious sect the priestesses are a part mm-hmm. of and some court of the high fae, like some one of the high courts. So that is her goal yeah. is to create somebody who is politically powerful. So, but I think, but this is the thing I don't think she actually gives a shit if it's Lucian or if it's Tamlin. It could be any of them because she's kind of just been kicked from court to court, really. Like she doesn't yeah. like she just goes around. She, she tried this shit in she tried it on Reese. Exactly. And then he kicked her out. And he's like, if you come near anyone in my court, I will fucking kill you. Exactly. She's just casting out nets to see what bites. That's all she's doing. So Yeah, but like no one wants her. No, no. She's yucky. Yeah. She's really yucky. But more importantly here, in my humble opinion, is what Feyre does next. Uh, so Feyre overhears this, and she proceeds to just slink right into Ianthe's mind and take full control and uh, does a sibling stop hitting yourself moment with Ianthe hitting her own hand with a rock. Yeah. And just smashing it over and over and over. And then she completely warps Ianthe's mind and has her like, okay, you're going to go back and you're going to say that the creepy twins attacked us, Jurian ran away, and then uh, Favorite and Lucian ran off. Because, yeah, mm-hmm. she's going to use her as, like, the alibi for what Feyre is now planning. Yes. So... Can I just say something? Yeah. Okay. 
she didn't die, but you know, she does not die. those like extremely satisfying deaths in like books and movies. Mm-hmm. This was a very satisfying moment. I was very happy with it. I also want to say that like Ianthe is doing all of this to Lucian. Like she's trying to like entice him again, knowing that he is a mated male, even though the mating bond has not been accepted by Lucian or mm-hmm. by Elaine, he has a mate and she is still trying to insert herself into that conversation. It's like her trying to get with Tamlin when he has a literal fiance or like those shitty girls who try to get with your boyfriend when they know well and good that he has a girlfriend that he is very loyal to. Like, I guess that she's that girl. Well, she's not a girl's girl. No, I get. Yes, you're right. She's not a girl's girl, but I don't know. I don't think it's not like an intentional. I'm going after your man moment. Like, I think it is. No, but like, wait, let me finish. <laughs> it's not a like, I'm going to do it because like, I just want to hurt you and it makes me feel powerful. It does do those things. But I feel like her real intention is like what we said earlier. She's trying, she is angling for specific things. And because she doesn't give a who a fuck it, who the fuck it is, she just wants what she wants. She doesn't care. She doesn't care if she's the mistress. She just wants to get pregnant. That's really all that matters. So yeah, she's shitty. Lucky for us, but she's fair terrible at getting pregnant. So this works out yes. in our favor. <laughs> uh, so during this confrontation, the creepy twins come back and Lucian and Favra end up killing them through a pretty fun little fight. Uh, they, yeah. Mm, bye bye to the, the creepy twins. I was so so excited when they died. Yeah. You have no idea. It was another was satisfying so start. Yeah. I was like, fuck yes, I don't have to deal with these two for the rest of this book or the rest of this series. They are gone. I'm done with them. I was actually surprised because I felt like it was very quick. I didn't expect it to happen that quickly. I did expect them to die, but I didn't expect it to be that quick. Yeah. So Favor's like, peace out. I'm going back to the night court. And Lucian's like, uh, what? Can I come too? And she's like, okay. <laughs> and so they, <laughs> cause to be fair, Lucian and Feyre are on the same side, but there's some animosity between yeah. them. And we will get into this into part two. But, like, they need to have a conversation. They're in a weird... They're in a weird they're spot in, a in weird, their friendship. Yeah. And so, Lucian and Feyre end up going through one of the weird secret tunnels that exist, and that is going to take them to the Autumn Court. And now and that is scene. where this section ends. <laughs> is them heading back to the Night Court. Uh, but neither of them have any powers because they've both been feybaned. So they get to uh, walk. Should be interesting. Little, yeah. They get to use their chevron legs to get all the way back up to the fucking night court. It's real fun. Yes. What? How did you feel about this first part when you first read it and everything that Feyre did to the spring court? Um... I really liked it. Like mm-hmm. the pace just continued, which is good for me. Um, the the pot stirring at the spring court, like I get it. 
because she was like super angry and he definitely deserved it. But it, I don't know. I just, it didn't sit well with me at the time. Like it felt off. And then we'll find out later has kind of a butterfly effect in my opinion anyway. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it was very satisfying to read on page with her just undermining everything and turning everything inside out and upside down. But then at the same time, she's clearly not considering the long-term consequences of what her actions are. And she's not like we know on page that she is the high lady. Yeah. But nobody else knows that. No one else knows, but she is not acting like a high lady. She is not actually putting the best interest of her people in her court at the forefront. She's putting her personal vendetta as the number one priority she has with a lot of what she does in the spring court. Like she probably could have gotten a lot better intel if she hadn't been fucking with everything. Like fuck with Ianthe. Ianthe 1 million percent deserves it. And like, you probably should have just killed her. Um, Oh, she definitely should have. But like when it comes to like essentially unseating Tamlin as a high Lord, Mm -hmm probably shouldn't have done that. And that was kind of what I was saying. He was like, that was really fun. She's definitely a badass that she's able to manipulate these situations like that. But this is probably a bad choice. Yeah, I very much felt because like, so very, like, not very often do you get to see people get their comeuppance. So it was fun. Mm -hmm. But I remember thinking to myself this is gonna come back and bite her in the ass because I didn't think about the consequences of it at the time but I just knew like Tamlin's a loose cannon and you have no idea what he's going to do yeah and at the same time too this is the court that Highburn is coming into so like even though you do not like for very valid reasons Tamlin at this point in time, you're very angry with him. He's literally the only thing standing between Highburn and just plowing through the entire spring court and then going through all of the other courts because you have summer and autumn and then like it is a domino effect if Highburn is able to take like get hold of the spring court. It is not an extrapolation to say he will be able to then start moving through the other courts. I, but I, to me, I think Feyre already thought that that, like, Tamun's already far gone for her. He's crossed over. He's already working with Highburn. So in her brain, she's taking down, like, she's kicking a leg out from under Highburn. Obviously, that may have turned out to be quite different than what she thought, but that's that's how I saw it. Yeah, but my my thought on it was there is no one else other than Tamlin. Tamlin does not have an heir. So I just assumed it would go to Lucian then. Or the next like I don't was the next I don't person. think it works. There is no one else. Well, yeah, but there's no one else. Didn't the lore say that it just like goes to the next, like the magic 
We don't know. Passes. It's never really. So it, it explains it that like it doesn't necessarily always pick like the oldest son mm. or the oldest child well, son because there's not a whole, whole lot of high ladies in this world. Um, but it, there's no clear explanation of what happens if a high lord dies and does not have an heir of any kind. My assumption there's would no one else. Yeah, but my my guess. The way I resolved it was that it would just like the magic would sp- like like you said it doesn't always pick the 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 oldest son it picks like whoever so if there if that line dies then it just goes to some other person it just it just picks a different line and starts there. <sighs> Yeah, but, like, not having that confirmed and essentially setting Tamlin up to potentially be killed. Yeah, but I think she feels like he deserves it. a lot of risk. I I understand why she's angry. I'm not saying that her level of anger is not valid. I'm saying that, like, being... The thing she didn't... Hasn't quite picked up yet from Reese is being ten steps ahead and thinking about these details. And she is not. Oh, no. Like, they really should have thought about, like, she could have had an opportunity to potentially... Because she's one of the very few people that... Tamlin gives a fuck about in this world outside of himself, she could have tried to leverage that to seduce him back to being in the fold with the rest of the High Lords. And she she actively didn't do that. Oh my god, I forgot his name. What is... Reese. Okay. (laughs) Oh fuck. Okay. What were, what what were we just talking about? How Favor could have tried to use her relationship with Tamlin to bring him okay. back from the side of Hybrid. I got it. Okay. Reese and Lucian and Tamlin and all these other people, they have hundreds of years of political scheming ahead of Feyre. And they, I, I think they forget that because they tell her, she's still the stupid human, okay? She's got powers now, but you remember they used to tell her that all the time? Like, oh, she don't mm-hmm. understand anything because she didn't. She still kind of doesn't. She has zero, like, she's not ever been in this situation before. She has zero knowledge of how to actually handle any of this. So she goes in with a very small plan that all these other people who had hundreds of years of experience could maneuver through and get to a great point. Feyre comes in with three steps in her pockets, gets to step one, and then shoots from the hip in a totally different direction of where she was going. Like, she immediately... Does exactly what you shouldn't that like just and doesn't even think about it. So, yeah. Yeah, I don't think this was a good choice on Farrah as much as it was fun to read on the page. Like, mm, I I think this was a mistake. Oh, and I yeah. think we will at some point see deeper consequences to this mistake. And that Farrah and Reese at some point are going to get held accountable for what Farrah did. I feel like I said 
while reading this book quite a lot to you. This is really going to come back. This is bad. This is going to come back and bite her in the ass. I think I said that so many times to you through this. I was like, this is a bad choice. This is a bad choice. Yeah. Yeah. You definitely did. You definitely were like, I feel like this is going to come back. And I'm like, I don't disagree with you. (laughs) And we see a little bit of it, but not, I don't think we've gotten the full scope yet. Uh, so that is the end of part one. Um, I think I really love Akawar. I It is really fast paced. I know part two is going to have like quite a bit in it. So uh, come back. Uh, it's actually going to release pretty quickly. It'll be out in just a couple of days. Um, but thank you so much for watching uh, or watching, listening. There's no visuals here. Sorry. <laughs> Um, thank you so much for listening. If you enjoy our content or you think somebody else was, please share our podcast with them. Um, we'd love to have a few more people along for the ride with us. Um, and if you have a time or like would be so kind, please rate us or leave a review on your favorite or wherever you're listening to us. We should be everywhere. Um, and then uh, make sure to follow us too over on the Instagram. The handle is in the show notes. I'm not going to say it because it always takes me forever. Or you can shoot us an email if you think you have any uh, good suggestions of what Jill and I should geek out about next. Uh, that email is going to be Jill and Mel at uh, geek out at gmail.com also in the show notes and uh, just thank you again so much for listening to us you can also DM us too on Instagram that works yes, you got yes. options DM guys there's so many options <laughs> aka two um, alright I think that was impressive you did like it Woo, perfect alright guys <laughs> good night good night bye bye, bye.